Hi, and welcome to the West Visalia Audio Podcast. Each message is designed to help you grow and inspire you to take action. Please take a moment to hit the subscribe button, and don't be shy to drop us a message if you have a question. Thanks for listening, and God bless. For those songs, it's good to see everyone that's here. It's good to see some people back with us that have been out for some time. It's always good to just see Christians gathered together to worship God. And like I said, I'm still kind of getting over my voice being gone. In fact, Zinni, I left my cup right on the bench in front of you, on Ray Lynn's bench. If you can have one of the kids, or you can bring it up here to me. But um, I do, I'm going to be sipping on some tea and stuff to try to get my voice to make it through the lesson, but I think we'll be okay. Let me remind everybody, too, that um, this evening at 6 p.m., we do have small groups meeting at two locations. We have a group meeting here in Visalia at my house, and then a group at the home of Kenny and Lawanda out there in Corcoran. If you've ever spent much time, though, on the internet, you've probably had this happen. Maybe you were searching for something earlier that day, maybe. For example, a couple weeks ago, we were buying a new audio mixer here for the church. And I went on a couple websites, you know, audio websites, and was searching for new mixers, sound mixers, new boards. And and we ended up buying one, and now we got one there in the room. Well, every time now I go on Amazon, go on Google, even on Facebook and Instagram, I get recommended for you, Guitar Center, Musician's Friend, Sweetwater Audio, all these audio things, all because one day I spent time searching for, you know, this particular item. And you probably had something like that before happen to you. Sometimes it's kind of creepy. It was something you were texting about, and then all of a sudden it ends up on your computer screen, or maybe it's a thought you had. The other day, I was just thinking I was like, you know, I think I should look into saving money on my car insurance. And then, boom, on Instagram, have you downloaded this app? You can save money on your car insurance. I don't know how they figured that one out. Somehow they have an algorithm. They knew that I had just registered a car or something like that. This guy might need insurance. And however, it all worked out. But they, they do that on purpose. It's designed that way to keep you online, to try to keep you plugged into your particular interest. And there's nothing inherently evil or wrong about it, but sometimes it can be kind of creepy. But internet marketers, they do. They spend a lot of time and a lot of money creating specifically curated content that are geared towards your search habits. And they're very, very good at it. Now, with that being said, Sometimes it's revealing of what you spend your time looking at. Wait a second. It didn't recommend Christian store. It recommended to me audio mixers. Well, that's not that's not really helping me spiritually. Oh, it recommended car insurance for me, but not, you know, something along the lines of Bible study. Sometimes these marketers these internet search engines, the, these computer algorithms know us better than we know ourselves because of the habits that they see us engage in. On your phone, at least if you have an iPhone, I know they have what's called screen time on there. And you can look on your phone and see what you spend your time doing. Now, that says Elizabeth's phone because I was embarrassed to put Cliff's phone up there. Because Cliff's phone for yesterday, because I was like, I'm going to put my phone up there. And I'll, I guess I'm going to embarrass myself anyway. It said like an hour and a half on social media. And then it was like several hours on Netflix, which by the way, I woke up at 3 a.m. and fell asleep with Netflix on. So I wasn't actually watching it. But then at the bottom, it had Bible app. 
22 minutes. I was like, yeah, it looks kind of bad. We'll use Elizabeth's phone. There's some Google search engine thing on that. But I mean, you can start to see where you spend your time. Maybe you're not an online type person, but you can look at where you spend your money. Maybe go through your bank statement and start highlighting in different colors, different categories, and you start to see where your money's going, where your focus is in your spending. Okay, yeah, there's going to be some obvious staples of, you know, food, shelter, clothing, that kind of thing. But then you start to go, wow, I spent this much money on um, subscriptions to television shows, cable TV, eating out, you know, gas station munchy food like Snickers bar and gulps, and this much over here for charity. You're like, wow, you know, maybe there needs to be a reevaluating of my priorities. As we've been doing on Sunday mornings, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus had preached this sermon, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And one of the things we've been seeing week after week is that Jesus wants us to understand that he is king, but his kingdom is a radical kingdom. And as we live in that kingdom, we view things differently. How we spend our time is different. If they were to you know, look at a chart of what we're doing and categorize it in different categories, ours is supposed to be different from the world. If it's not, there's a problem. What Jesus has been doing in this sermon is that week after week, he's showing us how the way we normally view things is turned completely upside down. The way we normally view priorities, the way we normally view money, it's all different. And what he's showing us is that if we want to truly be blessed, we need to be good people who are good from the inside out. So this morning, what I want us to do as we section of the Sermon on the Mount is I want us to start thinking about our priorities. Specifically, I believe Jesus wants us to not only rethink our priorities, because when I first worked on this lesson, my whole idea was Jesus wants you to rethink your priorities, but I changed it because Jesus doesn't want us to just rethink them. Jesus wants us to change them. It's not enough to just go, well, Cliff could do better. It's no, Cliff is going to do better because kingdom living is not just about thinking differently, but it's about literally changing what is important to you. With that in mind, open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to be looking at chapter 6, verses 19 through 24 on this morning. Now, this is going to actually be a two-part lesson, two-part lesson in my 100-part series on the Sermon on the Mount, but there's a reason for this. Because in the next section, it ties back into very well this section that we're looking at today. But in this section, Jesus is going to have us start thinking, where is our focus? Now, kind of by way of review, this whole sermon has been about that. The entire Sermon on the Mount is about Jesus getting us to rethink everything. Chapter 5, rethink who's blessed, right? Blessed people aren't the wealthy and the powerful, it's the meek and the lowly, right? And then he goes on to talk about, you know, rethink why you do good works, you're doing them to let your light shine, to glorify God. Rethink how you view the Old Testament. It's not just, oh, a checklist. It's to fulfill this idea of God of being truly righteous and holy. Rethink why you do your giving, why you fast, and why you pray. Rethink all of that. And then this week, what he's trying to get us to do is rethink how we view possessions, how we view time, and how we view money. Let's break it down. Matthew chapter 6. Verse 19, it says, Lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, 
where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. This is in the middle of this sermon. Jesus just finished a section about prayer, talking about here is how you should pray. Pray this way, our Father who art in heaven, and so on. And then he talks about forgiveness. Right after that, after he's realigned our thinking when it comes to prayer, he wants us to think differently about possessions. Now, this is a big one because in our culture, and our society, we're very wealthy. We have a lot. We have a lot of possessions, and that becomes our priority. But Jesus here says, no, they shouldn't be your priority. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. If I look at my bank statement, though, if I look at what my search history is on Amazon, if I look at what I've been spending lately, Cliff's been laying up a lot of treasures on earth. But what Jesus wants us to think here is why would you lay up treasure in a place where it's not going to last? In this section, he says, on earth, moth and rust are away. Thieves will break in and steal it. Nothing we have in this life will last. I was all excited over a new possession a few months ago. Bought myself 1996 Ford Ranger. My, why are you excited about that? Because it reminds me of high school. Okay, so I bought this little truck, right? David was trying to sell me a Kia. Sorry, David, I ended up with a Ford Ranger from 1996. But anyway, so I get this Ford Ranger, and I'm like, it's, I'm telling everybody, it's in mint condition, original owner. The guy lived in the lake, so he know you took care of it. You know, that kind of thing. I was all excited about this. But here's the issue. A truck that is 28 years old is still a 28-year-old truck. Even though it's in, quote, mint condition, it's older now. Things get brittle. I was changing the air filter. I was removing the air intake, and all of a sudden, I oh, felt something crack. That plastic isn't as strong as it used to be. I'm telling the kids, don't adjust the air conditioning vent. You got to be gentle. It'll crack, right? Because it's brittle. It gets hot here. Things start to fall apart. The headliner rains on you when you slam the door because that material and that glue and that cardboardy whatever stuff that they do doesn't last forever but it's mint condition original owner full service records but it's still going to deteriorate fast forward another 25 years it's not going to get better what's going to happen it's going to deteriorate more have you ever driven by you maybe you're heading out to the desert and you pass somebody out there that has a small house and they got all these cars sitting out there and what happens they fall apart they deteriorate Jesus says, why would you lay up treasure here? Why would you even care about stockpiling up possessions in this life where they're going to get rusty, they're going to get moth-eaten, they're going to fall apart, they're going to get stolen, they will not last. I remember being a kid, always hearing about antiques. Don't touch that, that's an antique. That's an antique, that's worth something. And you know what happens? They fall apart, they break, they don't last forever. Jesus says, why in the world would you lay up treasure here where it's not going to last? Instead, he says, but lay up treasure for yourself in heaven. Now see what he's doing. He's turning on its head the way we normally view things. I remember being a young man, especially like a teenager in my early 20s, thinking, okay, I now am growing up. I'm, I have a job. I'm going to buy these things and these things will make me feel like I've arrived. 
like I have something. Okay, man, I remember talking about my friends. Wouldn't it be cool when we're older, we can buy a truck and we can buy a dirt bike and that's going to be, that's just going to be the life. I got a dirt bike sitting in my garage I haven't ridden in like a year. I mean, it's just sitting there. And you know what happens? Tires get hard, fuel lines crack, gas tanks shrink, and they don't work. But that way, we think that way, don't we? And even as I get older, now it maybe isn't trucks and dirt bikes, but it's 401ks and things like that. Well, that, then I will be okay. Then I will arrive. Then I'll feel like I'm somebody, right? Same idea. Jesus says, do not lay up for yourself treasure in heaven. But the normal person says, but that's what we're doing. We're supposed to acquire. That's what makes us happy. That's what makes us somebody. The American dream is, you know, a house in a nice neighborhood with the car in the garage and all of that. But... He says, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth, but instead lay up treasure in heaven. Why, Jesus? Because it's not going to fall apart. It's not going to rust. It's not going to destroy. You know, yesterday we had a memorial here for Dolores. When we're talking about her life, notice what was absent from what Teresa wrote, what family told me, what I preached on. Nothing about possessions. And in fact, I, I looked on my computer, I, I've done like 55 funerals in my life. Bet you, not one of those funerals did someone tell me to emphasize what someone owned. They never have. There's a man, they had such a wonderful collection of this or that. No, it's about they're kind, they're loving, they shared, they were generous, they were such an encourager, they were so happy. They're so, those are the things that people have us emphasize. So then when I preach the memorial service, we talk about this person through their godly actions now has a better life. Why? Because they laid up treasures not on earth, but in heaven. Because in heaven, it's not going to be destroyed. In heaven, thieves do not break in and steal. In heaven, there is no destruction of them. They're going to last. So Jesus' idea is we can lay up treasure either on earth or in heaven, but when we lay up treasure in heaven, we will change our priorities. We'll start to view things different. See, how do you lay up treasure in heaven? You lay up treasure in heaven by focusing on heavenly things. And it's not much, oh, you lay up treasure in heaven by focusing on death. No, it's not that. It's about right now, right here, Instead of focusing on the material, we focus on the spiritual. We don't focus on the earthly kingdom. We focus on Jesus' kingdom. The way we lay up treasure in heaven is by living like Jesus wants us to live right now. By following Jesus now, we are by proxy laying up treasure for the future in the heavenly realm because we're serving a heavenly king. On the other hand, when all we care about is possessions, money, items, stuff, that's all we have. And just like the previous section, when he talks about when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, because they'll have their reward in full. Their reward in full is people notice that. He says, when you fast, do not do it to be seen, or you're going to have your reward in full. The reward you have is, yeah, people saw you, big deal. If all you're doing right now is, well, I need to get some more stuff right now, then I'll be happy. Yeah, you got your stuff, but what's that? It's not going to last. You have, that's the only reward you have, is that immediate pleasure of, I bought this, and then the buyer's remorse afterwards, right? I mean, that's all you get. But when you focus on kingdom things, the treasure you have is stored up in a place where it will not decay, will not fall apart, and you'll be able to appreciate it eternally. As you go on, verse 21, Jesus makes a statement. He says, for where your treasure is, 
there your heart will be also. So now he makes it even more specific to what he's trying to get us to understand. It's not just about, well, you need to budget your money better and spend more money for God. It's not about that. It's deeper than that. If your focus is on earthly treasure, your heart is going to get found out. And you know what? We can hide from it all we want. I could hide from the screen time app on my phone all I want. But you know what? The truth comes out. I spend a lot of time on Netflix and not a lot of time calling shut-ins. Okay? That's obvious there from how the phone is being used. It shows where maybe my heart is. Jesus says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Sermon on the Mount as a whole is not about changing just our actions. It's about changing our heart, right? Blessed people are people who are good from the inside out. That means from the heart out, from the inside, we need to care about Jesus. We need to care about others and not about possessions. Because where our treasure is, what our focus is, shows our heart. Your Amazon um, account shows where your heart is. Your internet search history shows where your heart is. Your television viewing history shows where your heart is. If you were to do a pie chart of how you spent your day, it shows where your heart is. If you were to evaluate your spending habits, it shows where your heart is. If you were to go inside your brain and look at the things you think about, it shows where your heart is. And what Jesus wants is us to have a heart that follows him inside out from the heart. We're committed to him in the kingdom thing. And just in case we didn't get it, just in case we didn't understand that illustration, he paints a picture another way. He says this, the eye is the lamp of your body. What are you looking at? What do you focus on? I was watching a video um, the other day, and they were talking about, I, I don't even know, see again, I, I, I took a trip to Las Vegas for a tournament, and now I get all these videos reviewing hotels, okay? And for some reason, I'm interested in hotel reviews. Why? I don't know, apparently the internet knows me better, I know myself. So I was watching, again, wasting time, watching a video of someone reviewing a hotel in Las Vegas. I don't even remember what hotel it was. One of those fancy new ones. And they were showing as the person walks in, they had like their camera on or whatever, and they're walking in the hotel. But everybody in the comments of the video brought up something like, did you notice that person at, at 30 seconds? Did you notice that person at 30 seconds? So I'm like, what happens at the 30 second mark? So I look at this. As the person is walking into the hotel, a person is walking out and that person, okay, this might be revealing too much. The guys in the audience are going to understand. Does this look, okay? Checks out the person videotaping. I have no idea who this person looks like, but you can tell that person is looking in a way with obvious lustful intent. His eye showed where his focus was. What if there was a camera Attached to our eyes, in everywhere we went, what we looked at all day long, someone could tune into on TV. Hey, I'm going to tune into the Cliff Sabro channel today, see what Cliff's looking at. I'm going to tune into the Jerry Tyler channel, to the Curtis Pittman channel, and just see what they're looking at. 
Are they going to see Cliff Sabro mindlessly watching The Office for the 700th time? Or are they going to see Cliff Sabro pouring over the pages of Scripture? What is Cliff looking at? Are they going to see you looking, um, you know, at someone with a loving heart because you care about them and you want to help them? Or are they going to see you looking at them with contempt because of anger because you're annoyed at something they're doing? What we focus on tells a lot about your heart. He says the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. He's making an illustration. If your focus is on good things, your body will, your life will be full of light, full of goodness, full of joy, full of kingdom things, right? On the other hand, if your eye is bad, if you're always focused on the wrong thing, he's not just talking about literally what you're looking at. I think he's using eye to talk, think about thinking and heart to think about thinking. A lot of this has to do with the mind, okay? If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. See, you can fake all the time, but if your eyes are on a computer screen looking at pornography, your life is full of darkness. If you're putting on a show one time, someone else with prejudice, with hatred, with contempt, with evil thoughts, your whole body will be full of darkness. And then notice what he says. If then the light is in you, or if the light in you is darkness, if what you're seeing is actually dark things, evil things, how great is the darkness? What's his point? His point is, look, you can't hide your focus from God. If you're filling your mind with darkness, how great the darkness in you is. Because if goodness comes from the inside out, this darkness maybe comes from the outside in and it affects you in this way that your whole existence becomes darkness. But what's interesting here is he doesn't lay out necessarily sinful things. See, obviously we go, well, yes, if you're talking about lust, that clearly fills your body with, with darkness. If you're talking about greed, that clearly is filling your life with darkness. But he doesn't necessarily. He just talks about treasures. Your Bible may have translated it wealth. Wealth. Is wealth bad? Normally we don't look at it that way. Wealth is good. Here he says if your focus is on those physical things, not necessarily something that's inherently wrong. Money is not inherently good or bad. TV is not inherently good or bad. The internet is not inherently good or bad. The Super Bowl is not inherently good or bad. But... If our focus is on those things and not on the kingdom, that is bad. And he says, if the light that you have is darkness, because it's not on spiritual things, how great is the darkness? He's trying to say that we're dark from the inside out. He says, look, you're deceiving yourself. If the kingdom is not your focus, if, you, if, if you're not always focused on kingdom things, we can't claim to be in the kingdom. See, it's a radical kingdom that we're a part of. Jesus is a radical king. He demands radical commitment from us. He wants us to focus on him with the whole of our being. Now, you might seem like, man, Cliff, you've been hitting this a lot lately. I'm just preaching the Sermon on the Mount. And that's what Jesus does here. Over and over and over again, 
He's smacking me upside the head with scripture and saying, Cliff, you need to check your level of commitment. Because sometimes, a lot of time, I'm not as committed, I'm not as righteous, I'm not as holy as I should be. And I bet all of us would say the same thing. Jesus wants us to understand that when we focus on the physical and not the spiritual, we will find ourselves in the darkness. We don't want to be in darkness. That's why in the final verse of this section, he says this, no one can serve two masters. You know, Curtis got after me a couple weeks ago because I announced that he was going to be coming on and working in the associate minister role. And he said, I said he was going to be leaving a secular job. And he said, I don't like that terminology. And he's right. Because that does, that makes it into a compartmentalized existence. Job time, ministry time. Mm-mm. It's not church time, work time. It's not family time, church time. It's not Jesus time, my time. It's one master and one master only all the time, no matter what is going on. Jesus says you cannot serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God. And he throws in the one that works for all generations. You can't serve God in money. Your version might say something like mammon or wealth. It just means things. You can't serve God in the material. You can't have both. Your priority can't be, well, I like this and I like Jesus. No, it's Jesus and nothing else. A hundred percent, we're committed to him as king and his kingdom. When we put it a little bit more plainly, it's this. You can only have one master, and that master has to be Jesus. So then as we go on in this section, I'm going to skip ahead to what we're going to talk about next week. Chapter 6, verse 33. Then after he lays all this out, just in case we didn't understand, what does he say? He says, seek first, number one, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That needs to be number one. Not seek it in addition to, not work it into your schedule, not make sure you always have a little bit of Jesus in there, no, it's seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So let's ask the question again. What's number one in your life? If Google's algorithm applied to every aspect of your existence and they curated content based upon the interest that they figured out by looking into your heart, into your mind, into your soul, what would pop up on the screen? What would be the focus? What would they be trying to sell you based upon your eyes? What would they be trying to sell you based upon your heart? What would they be trying to sell you based upon your interest and your spending habits? What is number one in our life? It needs to be Jesus. The Sermon on the Mount calls us to an extreme level of holiness. Jesus wants us to change our priorities because we cannot serve God in anything else. It has to be God and only God. The lesson is yours this morning. If you need help in following God, if you need help in maybe redirecting your priorities, we want to help you. We'll pray with you. We'll study with you. We can baptize you into Jesus Christ. Uh, we can talk to you afterwards. I'll stand up front here for a verse of the song, but feel free to talk to me. Talk to one of the elders here. Talk to the person sitting next to you. We want to help you follow Jesus because we believe he needs to be number one 
in our lives. Let's all stand and let's sing together. Thanks again for listening to West Visalia Audio. We hope these messages have helped you grow and inspired you to take action. Be sure to check in each week for more on-the-go content or visit our YouTube channel to watch the live video. Thanks for participating and God bless. Thank you.